Hi, this is Gina Versa. I'm here at Long Beach Comic Expo. I'm here with comic book writer Ron Mars. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. How have you been doing so far? Uh, since I'm in, uh, in a much warmer climate than I'm used to, I am perfectly happy. And um, you said you had a panel here earlier. How did, how did that go? You, it was on science fiction? Um, yeah, it was part of a panel with uh, one of the uh, engineers from the, from the from, uh, NASA engineer uh, from the Apollo project. And, uh, you know, so I just was like a fly in the room. I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was, I would have been more than happy to be a member of the audience, but they had me talking about the sensibility of science fantasy, science fiction, in, you know, and how it relates to inspiring the real science that came afterwards. Um, so it was great. It was a really, uh, I was flattered to be on it. Yeah, um, and a lot of your work, you know, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, deals a lot with, um, you know, space and uh, the planets. Uh, how did you, have you researched any of the cosmos or how much research do you usually do? We, we talked about that at the panel, actually. And oh, it was, okay. It was, um, you know, the, the, the real answer is I do enough research to make you guys think I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so, not specifically scientifically accurate, but mm-hmm. um, we want you to think that it's accurate so that you're not pulled out of the story, so that so that the, the veneer of believability is still in place and that you can just engage with the characters and move on with the story. Um, but, you know, I was big fan of, you know, space exploration and the shuttle program and all that stuff when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and it just sort of, um, I think there's a fairly big crossover in that Venn diagram of, of science fiction and fantasy and comics with the, you know, the real life application of that stuff uh, as we reach out for the stars. Uh, oh. There are a lot of comic creators who are, you know, kind of big space buffs. Yeah, of course, and going off of that, um, can you talk a little bit about you know, talking about science fact, but what about science fiction? Any influences? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I grew up on. I, I, uh, I grew up on Edgar Rice Burroughs and Robert E. Howard, Tolkien, uh, Robert Heinlein, Asimov, Bradbury. Uh, Clark? Uh, oh, yeah. All that stuff. Like, so, so we actually, at, even at the panel, we talked about, like, that old joke of what's the, what's the golden age of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 12. You know, because the stuff that you discover at 12 years old is the stuff that sticks with you for the rest of your life. And that, that's, That's totally true. happened with me. You know, all the paperback books I read as a kid, all of the all the comics I read at that age. Mm-hmm. That's completely why I do what I do now. And, and you know, and Star Wars, frankly, was a huge, you know, was a seminal moment for me because I was 11 years old in the summer of 1977, and you know, seeing seeing that Star Destroyer fly overhead for, and keep going for about three and a half years, <laughs> exactly, like changed my life. And just going off of uh, Star Wars, because that uh, brings me to another question. Um, you famously did a uh, Darth Maul comic miniseries, and he was um, surprisingly in uh, Solo. Um, and he's, you know, kind of had this resurgence. And you know, you worked with a character on the miniseries. How is it? How is it like to see that character kind of get this like resurgence again? It's cool. I mean, I, I thought he was certainly the best character that came out of the prequel uh, trilogy. Uh, I might not be completely unbiased, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, I thought the, the look was great. The, the way he moved was great. Um, he was a worthy villain. Yes. Uh, and you've got to have worthy villains for your heroes. Um, and I was, you know, fairly, uh, you know, fairly close to the character because of writing the miniseries. 
uh, writing a Darth Maul versus Darth Vader story for Star Wars Tales. Mm -hmm. And uh, the God's honest truth is I have a life-size Darth Maul statue in my basement. So Nice. Just need Ray Park to sign it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. Just changing gears here a little bit. The, um, you know, Kyle Reiner, Kyle, excuse me, Kyle Rayner was, uh, you know, the Green Lantern of the 90s. Um, you know, um, he's lasted, you know, 20 or almost, um, geez, almost like 30 years. Um, how is it, um, how is it to kind of see this character grow and um, just get, um, you know, he's in, he's been rebooted, he's uh, in different mediums. Uh, how do you feel? It's, um, it's flattering, honestly. I mean, you, you, you never know what you create that will, will last, that will stand the test of time, and, and will strike a chord with the audience. Um, so I'm thrilled that Kyle's still around. I'm thrilled that, you know, he's still got a fan base. Um, you know, it was, it was very of the moment for us. It was very much uh, DC was sort of doing the, you know, the, the legacy uh, characters, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Kyle, Wally West, Connor Hawk. Um, so uh, I feel like I'm very fortunate to have been able to uh, to do my Green Lantern, uh, very much uh, kind of patterned after the everyman archetype, um, as probably best embodied by Peter Parker. I mean, that's I grew up reading Marvel books. I grew up a okay. Marvel kid, so so I was drawn more to the the heroes who had feet of clay who were more relatable rather than um, you know a guy who's a test pilot mm -hmm. uh, who I think Al Jordan's a great character right but he's he's already a hero yeah like he's a hero before he ever puts the ring on so for me I wanted to write a story that was about um, somebody becoming a hero somebody uh, living up to the responsibility of that mantle um, and so I you know look Spider-Man was formative for me and we kind of did our version of, uh, of that Spider-Man myth uh, in the DC Universe. Yeah. And were you ever surprised that there was never a artist Green Lantern before that? <clears throat> well, in a lot of ways, you know, Green Lantern is a special effects book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's about, well, what sort of cool stuff can you make with that magic ring? Exactly. Um, and so one of our, you know, one of our, um, one of our bylaws, basically, was that Kyle would not make the same thing with the ring twice. Like, it had to be different every time. Mm -hmm. um, because if you could make anything you could think of, why would you make a boxing glove? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so that, was, uh, that was really one of the ways we approached the book, was that, you know, this has to be as visually exciting as possible. It, mm -hmm. has, to be, uh, it has to be something cool to look at. Yeah. And um, I know it wasn't in uh, your Green Lantern run, but in, I think in Scrap Morrison's uh, Justice League, uh, I forgot the line, but it's... Uh, you know, the worst nightmare is a Green Lantern who's an anime fan, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, it, yeah, I mean, Grant... I thought Grant did a did an awesome job with, with Kyle. Grant does an awesome job on virtually everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Grant really got what we were doing with Kyle, which is he's a regular guy. Yeah. And in the Justice League, he was he was a lot of times sort of your point of view character because he was, he was a regular guy who was surrounded by these other characters who were essentially gods. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And he was the probably the mo uh, ro the rookie teammate out of all of them too. Oh yeah, it's yeah. you know it's it allows you to to look at Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter a little differently if you can see him see those characters through the eyes of somebody who's who's not used to being around. Exactly. And just winding down, last few questions. 
the uh, Green Lantern movie might see in the next couple years. Let's hope. Let's hope. Do you have anyone, um, any film actor or director that you would uh, kind of your wish list for in, for the film? Um, I don't. You know, I, I like. I never get into the casting concerns or anything like that because that's somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, there's. There's all sorts of people that could, could do a great job, but it all starts with the script. It all, yeah. you, know, you have to have have to have a good script. And you know, if I could pick any director, I would uh, I would probably pick Dennis Villeneuve, who, who Did, will, will, as Blade will, will likely be uh, occupied on Dune for quite some time. But let's hope so. But visually, <laughs> I think he's the vi- most visually spectacular director working right now. And and again, Green Lantern's got to be a visually spectacular movie. Exactly. And last question for you, uh, Ron. You worked in science fiction. What? Um, advice would you give to any uh, science fiction writers out there? Uh, if you're going to be a writer, you got to read. Read every day and write every day. Um, there's some people that uh, we all have a lot of really bad writing in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to work through all that stuff before you get to the good stuff, before you find your own voice, uh, before you figure out who you want to be as a writer. Um, so the sooner you get through that stuff, the sooner you... Uh, Know, sort the wheat from the chaff as, mm-hmm. to find your creative voice the better off you are so it's a, it's it's like working out any muscle you got to do it every day exactly well said and Ron where can uh, people find you at on social media uh, I am at Ron Mars on Twitter that's the one I am uh, most uh, attached to but there's a Facebook page and an Instagram account as well uh, but uh, find me on Twitter that's where I am most of the time cool cool and thank you for joining us Ron it's been a pleasure so I'm here at Long Beach Comic Expo with James Mathis III and you voice Black Panther in uh, many a medium. Yes. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I love, um, uh, I love seeing the con down here in, in, uh, in Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach is great. The weather hasn't been too bad. Not too bad, no. no we got some sunshine. Yeah, it's um, not raining. Right. Or right. not raining too bad. Right, we'll fair. take that. Well, yeah. SoCal, you know, can stand to benefit from some rain anyway. So yeah, we'll exactly. We'll we'll get into drought. Mm-hmm. Um, James, just going to run into it. Um, you've been voicing Black Panther in the animated show. You voiced him on video games. Um, what are your thoughts on playing T'Challa, um, the character? How do you see him as? I, I think T'Challa is probably a, a hero's hero. He's uh, the greatest character I've ever had the opportunity to play. Um, I think he's uh, somebody that kids can look up to, you know, and someone that adults can can appreciate just for being just a badass hero. Exactly. Yeah. And the movie came out recently, um, oh, yeah. last year, oh, yeah. and recently it's been nominated for Academy Award. How do you feel about just uh, representation and just uh, just uh, like how much of a milestone this movie has been for people of color? I feel like it's just the uh, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think if you were to poll uh, people of color, you get that very same kind of sensibility in that we have felt it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and, and and the movie thankfully did not cater to the stereotypes that a lot of uh, you know movies featuring uh, black characters have. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a it's not an in the hood movie. Yeah, know, it's, uh, and we're grateful for that. So it's it's great to see us represented as as kings, as queens, as royalty. It's a great uh, opportunity to see the family dynamic that is uh, very very strong in mm-hmm. the. Uh, in the black community. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's great to see that. It's, it's really, really great to see that. Yeah, and how did you think of uh, Black Panther and Infinity War? 
leading the leading the charge with uh, Captain America. You know, I, I felt that that's the way it should be. Yeah. I think uh, Panther is he's a king. Mm -hmm. You know, and if anyone can take the lead capably, it would certainly be T'Challa. So it was great to see that. It was great to see the Avengers lean on him and, and everyone show up in Wakanda. Only thing missing was the, the fancy dinner. The fancy dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And coming up in um, in uh, your voice, excuse uh, me, in, uh, as uh, T'Challa, um, anything you could say about Avengers or any other, uh, any other, um, mediums you're voicing him in? Sure. Um, well, T'Challa will soon appear as a playable character in a video game. Uh, fortunately, I can't say what the title is yet. Okay. We can expect to see him pretty soon in that space. Uh, additionally, Black Panther's Quest is uh, finishing up its fifth season right now. My Marvel Avengers mm -hmm. entitled uh, Black Panther's Quest this season. We're finishing up. Uh, we have our season finale February 24th, mm -hmm. 9 p.m. Eastern, Disney XD really excited about it. It's been a great, a great story arc this season, and we're really excited to see what, what viewers think of how we conclude this uh, this run. Exactly, and uh, just winding you down here, last few, last question. Um, what what is the when you're when you're voice acting and you're portraying this character? What is, what is your process in voicing uh, Black Panther, T'Challa? Uh, as with any any other role, uh, reading. You know, reading the material, uh, familiarizing myself with the entire story, not just T'Challa's lines, but the whole story so that I can understand T'Challa's place mm -hmm. in the story. His perspective? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, um, and also to see how he moves the story along, you know. Um, and I like to work out, you know, I like to, I like to, <laughs> I like to do a lot of hiking, I like to meditate yeah. and, and just kind of work through, work through all my stuff there. Yeah, because he's a very um, like action. He's a very physical character. Indeed, he's, yeah, and know. he's also a, a very measured man. He's very mm -hmm. pensive. You know, very contemplative. Very calculating. He's like uh, Marvel's Batman. Indeed, how about that? Yeah. It has been said. Gotcha. And uh, James, uh, where can people find you at on social media? Twitter? Social media. I try to keep it simple. It is my name, James Mathis the Third. That's James Mathis I I I on Instagram, also on Twitter and mm -hmm. uh, and Facebook. Our Facebook fan page. So. Awesome, awesome. Cool, cool. Look forward to uh, Panther's Quest and Thank you. And uh, the show in the future. Thanks for thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking a moment. Cool. No